0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of What's Happening in Travel. And uh, today we are, uh, Kusha. what's your
1: background today? Uh, it's an Air Tahiti Nui uh, 789 landing, I believe in Seattle after being painted. Cool. cool. In Portland, it's, Oregon. Speaking uh,
0: of Air Tahiti Nui, are they still doing the nonstop uh tahiti france flight in one direction uh,
1: yes but they're stopping in vancouver
0: oh okay right. yeah so not so los angeles so they're not doing didn't they do one that they stopped in uh Guadalupe, i think it was
1: i think that was uh like one off uh, okay when vancouver was in question
0: yeah and they couldn't transit so, yes. the us because we were kind of weird okay (laughs) and uh and i'm missing london so i have a a picture of the um famous bridge in the background there um yeah i really need to get back to london because i so miss london but we can't do that right now (laughs) um all right so you know we we have quite a bit of things to talk about um the industry is changing right in front of our faces And so, um,
1: but, and we have a lot of unusual topics. I know we keep saying that this is just when you think it cannot get more unusual, (laughs) up pops another one. And this is for the week of November fifteenth through the twenty second.
0: It is. So we're recording this on the what twenty third? Twenty third. Yeah, the twenty third of November, which in the U.S. is Thanksgiving week. So happy Thanksgiving to all our American listeners um we do have a lot to be thankful for so let's jump right into it um so my 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 favorite domestic airline is doing something cool um as usual <laughs> and I, I figured that they were going to continue this so um what are they do- what's delta doing kasha
1: so this was um actually i was a little surprised to hear about this because uh um, Southwest, which is sort of regarded as the unofficial gold standard of service, maybe, arguably, yeah, uh, for U.S. mainline carriers, <clears throat> they are getting rid of their middle seat blocking program at the end of November, and Delta was supposed to get rid of it as well um, in early January. Well, this week, quite to my surprise. Um, they announced that they were extending it through the end of March, March 30th. Um, And it was in Airways magazine. And they said it essentially added confidence and reassurance for Delta customers. And it was done despite recent tests that have demonstrated how safe aircraft cabins really are during flight because of the quick recirculation and the very efficient filtration of cabin Air. So um, that was news that I really didn't expect. So I think you mentioned that Delta now joins Alaska and Hawaiian yes. mm-hmm. tentatively have not scheduled an end to their uh, middle seat blocking safety. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I know um, Alaska was the 6th of January. That's what they said. And they'll probably extend it, but Hawaiian didn't really have a date. Um, It's it's just a matter of confidence for sure. Uh, And Delta is smart. Um, Delta knows that the load factors are not 100%. (laughs) And so they're like... Especially in January. Yes, exactly. So they're like, you know what? People are still scared to travel, even when they... And and besides the vaccine... You know, we know we have at least two uh, vaccines coming up, but by the time they start implementing them, it won't be till mid next year,
2: yeah, you know, or spring
0: or something. Yeah, so it's going to take a while, and people are still people are just scared. And if people are scared, you just have to you just have to make them not so scared because they don't want to get on a plane and go, oh crap, did I just get COVID from that flight? You know. Um, And it's not just the flight. And I think people just keep forgetting that. It's not just the
1: flight. Airport experience at both ends.
0: Exactly. Plus, you have to get in public transit as well. So it's not just that. Um, Yeah. uh, Well, kudos, Delta. Keep, 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 um, keep. Is it keep reaching? Is there, they have a new motto. I think it's like keep reaching or something like that. Is is making, no, I don't like about they're that. They're that but I think I saw okay. something. Um, all right, while you speak in the next one, I'm going to go look up their tagline. Uh, okay, speaking of Delta, they are just, where are they getting all
1: this money from, Krishan? <laughs> well, I think they've been planning for this for a while. And this is regarding, as they call it, curb to get uh, biometric experience. So they've been testing this at Atlanta. At special uh, check-in kiosks, at security gates, um, at certain Sky Clubs, and during boarding, Mm -hmm. it was extremely selective. Starting in 2018, well, this week they announced that all domestic traffic out of Detroit Metropolitan, which is one of their major hubs, yeah, uh, passengers, their passengers would now be eligible to experience this. as we called it, curb-to-gate biometric experience. Now, they've experimented with this at um, Los Angeles and Salt Lake City airports for very select international flights. Uh, But this is the first time that any U.S. carrier has um, described and uh, offered this uh, procedure for for domestic uh, operations. Right. I know we had mentioned this a couple of weeks ago about Emirates doing the same thing at Dubai. But Delta, with uh, significantly higher uh, passenger counts, um, this really is quite, well, it is a significant achievement. So um, what you need to do is, uh, I mean, you just can't show up at the airport and expect to get this, of course, um, you can use your passport number, your TSA Pre identification number, or your Global Entry membership as your digital ID. So, what you have to do at check-in, um, you have to enter all this information and have it ready at in the app, um, at in the Delta app for your baggage clearance. Then, through security. And finally, at the gate. Now, again, it hasn't been rolled out to all Delta gates, but a lot of them have this ability. For Sky Club entry, you're going to need a clear membership, which is another, uh, which is an alternative uh, security clearance. Well, I'm not sure why this is distinct, but perhaps it will come online a little bit later. So you have to have a clear membership to use this? To enter, to enter the Sky Club with biometric processing.
0: Uh, I, I, I loved it up until that point. I know Delta has an agreement with clear, but I think clear yeah. is a total waste of time, but that's a whole other story.
1: Carry on. So, but, um, yeah, all it involves is looking into a, a camera um, and um, everything proceeds uh, just as it would if you had actual documents in your hand. Hmm. Um, American and, uh, JetBlue are, are also testing this, um, system, but they're only doing it for departure gates, um, and only for boarding. So Delta, as we said, is the first airline to really offer domestic passengers this, as they call it, a touchless airport experience, which is pretty significant, I think. Yeah, it is. Um. So, before,
0: um, uh, it seemed like so long because it's almost CES again, but this year at CES, this year meaning 2020, Delta was the, one of the big headliners. And uh, Ed Bastian was there with the whole Delta crew and they had like a huge, a huge presentation. Mm-hmm. And um, they were talking about a lot of innovations they're working on um, in general for aviation and technology. And uh, one of the things, Detroit is like their test bed. And mm. um, they were talking about all the biometric things, the things that they're doing. So they've, they've been working okay. on this stuff long before COVID. And I, oh, think, yeah. I think what happened- I believe,
1: in
2: Atlanta.
0: COVID is rapid, rapidly moving it along because now they realize they need it uh, more than ever. One of the things that they have is um, they have a, a, a virtual screen and um is a virtual boarding pass in essence. So when you come in, you scan your boarding pass and you and I can be looking at the same uh, FIDs, which is the flight information display. And you mm. would see your flight information and I would see my flight information. You can't see my flight information. And I can't see your flight information. Um, wow. Yeah, it's, re- it's very cool. So basically what they were doing is is using the the boarding pass and you to track you around the airport. And then what it would do is that you could look at the board and it would tell you how much time you have before your flight departs. And, uh, but what mm-hmm. you're seeing is just your, you see the whole board, but your information is popped up and it was actually good. And I was even trying to trick it, like standing behind somebody else. <laughs> and so what it would do it actually overlay the other person. So, um, but it's, it's, some of the stuff they're doing is very, very cool.
1: And actually, uh, what Delta did mention uh, for this biometric experience in Detroit is that none of this data would be saved because there's a lot of privacy issues right. that have been raised yeah. because of this. So um, they yeah. made sure to reassure people okay, that so they don't, would not be spied on. I don't believe that.
0: Why don't I not believe that? because of clear clear stores your information because how are you going to get into the club with the clear information unless unless clear has you clear already mm. stores your information so maybe delta is not storing it but clear stores it because that's the only way they can try and they can say that I am who I am when I walk into that yeah. club because you need a photograph right to you
2: compare yes. yourself
0: against you got to grab my iris now um, yeah. I don't like Claire because I don't think that there should be this organization that's storing people's data this public private organization rather that's storing people's data out there. Why? Why do I need to join Claire? And, and it's funny when you go to some of the airports, there's nobody using Claire. I mean, they don't have mm-hmm. that and it was a company that went out of business before and then for some reason somebody threw money into it again. Um, yep. I know in
1: Houston also there's
0: a lot of Claire counters security that are completely
1: empty
0: completely empty um so they have a lot of money because yeah. normal companies that are gone out of business already but it's because my, I, my thing is that they're selling that data to someone else because having that data is power so i refuse to join yeah. i i'm i it's okay you can you, you can scan my card when you can swipe my card actually now they're just in mm. your boarding pass and they all the and you just put your card over the thing you don't have to hand it to anybody else anymore. Yeah I don't like Claire yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right so more Delta news but this yeah. time um, it's not so nice as the other two because they're breaking up with a with a partner West
1: so. Um, this West partnership with WestJet has been in the works since uh, 2018, mm-hmm. and um, they got a lot of tantalizing information that, yes, it would be approved in October this year. Uh, but just last week, actually, the U.S. Department of Transportation um, issued new conditions on this joint venture. Now, Delta has been wanting to do this partly to um, compete against what Star Alliance has with uh, United and Air Canada. The reason um, they broke up, that is Delta and WestJet, is because um, as Delta puts it, the Department of Transportation request for antitrust immunity approval were as they called it arbitrary and capricious and also unreasonable and acceptable. Well, it turns out there's two reasons for that decision. The first one is that WestJet's um, ULCC, ULCC subsidiary swoop was excluded from this agreement. And what the two carriers brought up is that when United and um, Air Canada uh, teamed up for this transborder joint venture in 2013, the U.S. DOT, the Department of Transportation, included mm-hmm. Air Canada Rouge, which mm-hmm. is the LCC uh, subsidiary for Air Canada, right, um, and. Uh, They felt that was the reason, that was, as they called it, unreasonable and unacceptable. Plus, um, the DOT required Delta and WestJet to divest 16 slots at LaGuardia Airport in New York um, so that Delta wouldn't be, um, it, it wouldn't, as they say, exacerbate Delta dominance at LaGuardia. Fair enough. Now, what Delta and WestJet said that this requirement to divest slots was mandated to happen within eight weeks of the final order of approval by the DOT. And they said this would amount to a virtual fire sale of these really valuable slots at a time of weak demand. So they would lose a significant amount of money uh, with the sale, which you know it makes sense to me, because um, I'm sure these slots with the upgraded and new terminals at LaGuardia, once things return to normal, maybe in the next year or two, but uh, not in the next year or two, but in the subsequent years, these slots are going to become much more valuable. Well, yeah. So, so on that day, ba- on those two bases, the uh, swoop and the slot sale. Uh, they decided that uh, they would rather abandon their joint venture um, and uh, proceed on their own separately. Because together, the two carriers would have controlled about 27% of scheduled um, U.S.-Canada transborder traffic, which is yeah. significant compared to 45 which is Air Canada itself.
0: Yeah, it is significant. So, but then, you know, it's so... Hmm. Um, I smell politics somewhere
1: in there going. <laughs> I think so too. Because <laughs> um, I think so too. Yeah, and why especially things, regarding swoop. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. There, there, there's more to this than what they're telling us because it's not a, It's not unusual for the DOT to say, "Hey, you have to minister. They did that. Um, yes, for like, a Canada and United. Yeah, and they did it that slots, yes. um, when, you know, I think United had to give up slots to Southwest who later took them and then left and then JetBlue got some slots too. So it, this is not unusual for, um, for airlines to have to give up slots. I get it that it's in a time when the market is depressed so they won't get as much for it, but yeah. you know, they could still, uh, I mean, LaGuardia is an airport that's in demand I don't know how they fit some of the some of the planes in that little spot of land but you know kudos to the air traffic control people for doing that it's
1: the airport people love to hate but they cannot um,
0: do yes yeah but you know it it's it, they they've they've there are uh, delta always had a beautiful terminal and um, they've upgraded that and they're fixing significantly. it significantly Significantly, and they've fixed in the new ones the ones where, like, the one where uh, Southwest American and United, and I think there's one other carrier that's in that same little space. They fixed up that one, or oh, you're Canada, and they're fixing the rest of the the rest of the terminal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a construction nightmare as you walk around it. Um, it's to be expected, though. It's yeah, patrol yeah, it New is. York, right? But it'll be a beautiful thing when it's all over. Once it's done. Yeah. The only thing it's... that's gonna be missing is it doesn't have a train that goes from yeah. there. You have to take either the um the Q bus. forget the name of the bus, state of bus, the, the Q bus to um uh where is it? Flushing to catch yeah. the train, or you can take the M bus to Manhattan to catch the
1: train. And, and I don't think unfortunately there are plans to uh, no. Extend the New York subway. To um, the no, that would I be wish that was. a very
0: costly costly yeah. thing because it has, it has to cut through the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it would be a very, very costly thing to do. It's probably why they haven't done it. Um, the bus is actually really good. I've taken the bus all the time. Um, it's so crowded all the time. The bus is crowded all the time because it's what the employees use to come to work as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I haven't taken a bus since this COVID thing. I couldn't um, see me on that LaGuardia bus at yeah. all. No. <laughs> uh, all right, but, yeah, that's, that's a bummer that um, that relationship is not gonna work, but I guarantee there's more to that than they're telling us.
1: Hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know if they'll try again in a few yeah, years, maybe. Or well, if WestJet, if American swoops in. Yeah.
0: So, so West do you Jet. think WestJet was going to be like a part of Sky Team at some point?
1: Not necessarily.
0: Because they don't have a Canadian partner.
1: No, they don't. <laughs>
0: so, uh, yeah. I,
1: it could yeah. be a step forward towards that. I could know, be. right? It could be, right? Hmm. Uh, because Delta I mean, seems to be playing its cards very, very well these days. These yes. years. Yes.
0: Yeah. they Yeah. So you, you know that a lot of the Delta decision makers came from Continental, right?
1: Yes, I do. <laughs> ironic,
2: isn't it?
0: Very ironic. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'd say something that's not public. It is public information. If you go and research the companies, you will find out. Uh, I think Ned left, though. Ned was the, um, the PR guy, but he's no longer there. Okay, uh, I know Howenstein is the, the scheduling guy, so he's still there, I think. Um, he's
1: pretty high you know, up, though. I forget what his title is now.
0: Yeah, he's like he's one he's of the executive VPR, anyway, or something like that. Um, so. so yeah, these a lot of talent came from continental. <laughs> All right, so speaking of New York, um, and COVID, um. JetBlue has been in the news lately, and uh, now they're offering free COVID testing. Uh, What's going on?
1: When I read this, I wasn't sure actually whether to believe it or not to believe it, because it sounds almost too good to be true. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So what JetBlue did this week is announced that they are providing free COVID testing for anyone, and that means anyone, at JFK T5. You could be a passenger on any other carrier or on JetBlue and also staff on any other carrier or JetBlue and you would get um, free COVID testing. Results would take um, 48 hours. You could pre-book your appointment, uh, but you didn't have to. And uh, you were also welcome to walk in and, and take your test. Okay. And what they, the reason they chose to do this was that it tended to fit with JetBlue's um, safety from the ground up strategy um, as it moves towards selling all seats on their flights um, starting January 8th. So there's no definite start date of these tests, but I cannot believe they would be significantly in the future. And somehow, I just don't know how they're going to pay for this. Given the financial straits, all these tough financial straits, all these carriers are in, how are they going to pay for these tests? Now, I know that it's not significant on a per capita basis, per person, yeah. but it adds up, though.
0: Well, you know what it is. It's, oh. um, it's, it's PR, right? Um, yes, it is. Know, but yeah, it, you want people to, you want people to see you as being caring.
1: Um, right, but provide it for your own passengers, right? Not that I'm criticizing JetBlue's moves. W-
0: well, when, when you think about it, right? Um, passengers are coming from other airlines to theirs. And they figure, you know what? We have the facility. There's not that many people traveling anyway. Uh, it'll look good. Um, yeah. So let's just do it. Because it, it is easier to say, I'm gonna test everyone. And then people are like, "Oh, okay, I can go to JetBlue if I want to." They probably mm-hmm. won't, but then if they didn't have it and they didn't test other passengers, and people are like, "Well, you know," so I think it uh, it it's a calculated risk, but mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> they figure, "Well, what the heck? We have we have." <laughs> I shouldn't say we have nothing
1: to lose <laughs> because they do. But <laughs> it seems very unusually selfless. Yeah, Act. which is. But again- not I know, It's not a bad thing,
0: not a bad thing at all. But it's PR, think of all the money Delta is spending on all this stuff that they're doing.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, they they are putting infrastructure in Atlanta airport that the airport's supposed to be providing. Um, and they're actually mm. doing that. I mean, they're cleaning the bins for the TSA for crying out loud. <laughs> so uh, it makes sense. It, 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 it totally makes sense. It's, it's a PR thing, it's, to, it's total PR. Mm. Um, because it, it's going to cost them less in the end. Because the same thing with Delta, right? Delta is keeping the middle seat open, and more people are flying Delta because um, people are like well, that. Other probably cost Delta
1: more. Delta's a lot, lot bigger than JetBlue, though.
0: Well, yeah. they are, but people in New York love JetBlue, and if you think about it, JetBlue is is an epicenter of the coronavirus mm. in the U.S. So it makes sense that they would do. It's like LaGuardia is having free testing too, well, like, they have an airport testing. I don't know if it's free, but right. they have an airport. No, it's not free. Yeah. But I'm sure
1: more air- airports will start doing this.
0: Well, actually it should be free because if you have insurance, so, so what they do, I mean, you know, cause you've done the testing, right? They ask you, uh, what do you have? Do you have insurance or do you not have insurance? Right. And if you don't have insurance, then the government pays, but if you do the insurance pays. So but, so in yes. essence, LaGuardia is giving away free tests because I'm pretty sure they'll ask the same questions. Um, this is. A, yeah, this well, a, we'll see how it goes. This is such a money maker for sure. It's it's uh, it, it's sad that this is a money maker, but it is. Um, all right, and you had more news on JetBlue about the London uh, slots.
1: Yeah, this was just a brief uh, mention in uh, Airways and actually a few other sites. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it's not a secret that JetBlue wanted to start um, service to Europe. And the first city they were focused on was London and they wanted Heathrow slots, but um, frankly they really couldn't get them. So what they did instead is to uh, be allocated uh, slots at Stansted and LaGuardia uh, for flights with the 321 Airbus uh, LR and the XLR. uh, From JFK and Boston. They haven't really decided which cities will fly where, but um, at least now we know that London will be either Stansted and or LaGuardia. I don't know if they didn't say, rather, if they're still going to pursue slots of London Heathrow, but we'll have to wait on that. Hmm,
0: interesting. Um, I still think that they need to just... Not go to London. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, are, are they figuring that um what's the other one? Norwegian is gonna go out of business anyway. And so yeah, yeah. still <laughs> be able Norwegian to...
1: doesn't have any money beyond March uh, 2021. Or so they
0: claim. Yeah. It's uh, well, you know yeah. some some rich Norwegian because you know, some boy somebody would step a... in at the last minute. Yep. They got that oil in their backyard. <laughs>
2: yeah
0: Uh, that's too funny um yeah i just don't think um yeah i I don't think they should do london and they're probably going to realize it a bit especially since they're going to pay for all that covid stuff they're going to run out a lot money but then they have those planes that they're getting right they have the planes on order right they have
1: to operate them somewhere
0: yeah well you know so they'll just run them transcon or maybe they'll do hawaii from from boston or something
1: yeah, they're going to use them to the Caribbean in the winter.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, they fly to Lima.
1: So I they think can, I did know that, actually. Yeah. So they
0: can yeah. use them to Lima. And then yeah. they can even go further. They can go to Santiago.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think Lima they're doing from Fort Lauderdale. So, um, um, yeah. So now they could do JFK
0: or something to yeah. Lima.
1: Yeah. Uh, if they yeah. have that. Yeah.
0: You know, it's, it's weird, right? We don't think a lot about South and Central America, well, South America anyway, um, for long hauls. but- Mm -hmm. That's a
1: very lucrative market. It's a very lucrative Region of the world.
0: Exactly. But everyone always gonna go across the Atlantic. And it's like, well, we can go South too. Um,
2: Yeah.
0: uh, I mean, because you have Buenos Um, Aires, you have have, um, Santiago in Chile, you have Lima in Peru, you have Brazil. And Brazil is not the only, um, Brazil have a lot of destinations that they can, yep. that they can mm-hmm. do. Um, all right. Um, <laughs> we the talking about during coronavirus, all these airlines, new airlines are coming back into place. And um, <laughs> what's, all right. What's going on with Wow Air? That, that was the one that went belly up with you. This is an airline I couldn't stand either because my thing with War Air is they gave you like little or no room on the plane, but people were still clamoring, which just proves that airfare is what drives the marketplace. So is there a new War Air?
1: So as <laughs> we have, it'll become a lot clearer. Uh, a little bit later, but we have one and a half stories, if you will, about Wow Air. (laughs) This one, uh, the version 2.0 of Wow Air um, has been started by two ex-Wow Air executives and they have given it the rather ridiculous name of Play Airlines, P-L-A-Y. Well, they are moving closer to the start of operations following the approval they received for gate slots at Stansted, London, Gatwick, and Dublin. They were expected to start this year, but now it's been pushed back to second quarter of 2021. Uh, They're going to start with Airbus 321s and later 320s, but they don't have an air operator certificate yet. This will now be imminent given that they now have destinations. Uh, They expect the aircraft to have seating capacity for about 200 passengers and start initially with one service daily between uh, uh, London Gatwick uh, and a hub in Iceland and Dublin and a hub in Iceland. Now they say a hub in Iceland, but I don't know any other city other than Keflavik Reykjavik. Right. In Iceland. Right. So, um, as I said, they've got this one, two flights, really, well, that they're planning to start out with. And they're going to have a tough fight on their hands with Finair, which offers flights from Reykjavik, Keflavik, to about 40 destinations. So it's to be seen what they're going to do different this time, whether they've learned from their mistakes. They haven't somehow I doubt it. they have but let's not be too negative let's give them a chance no decision on livery or anything as yet but um, stay tuned I mean considering that they had planned to start in 2020 you would think by now they would have finalized some sort of uh, livery and schedule or whatever but apparently not
0: it's it's crazy. So, are they taking the certificate from Wow, or did somebody already take that?
1: No, no. Uh, that would make more sense. Yeah, because I I don't, I don't know if that was sold as part of the the um, uh, receiving the receivership of the creditors of Wow. Yeah, I don't know that. Hmm. Because there's a cost for that. Um.
0: Airlines, it's it, it's. It's crazy. There needs to be some type of regulation to stop all this tomfoolery from happening, because <laughs> apparently, That's demand. Uh, well, yeah, but people don't. You know, I don't. People want to pay little or nothing, and so it is very easy to dupe the entire population into thinking you can pay a little or nothing and get something from it. And you have a story that, that,
1: that, and complain bitterly all to everyone who listens.
0: Well, right, it. Because I think I was telling you that I have a, I have a friend who she flies with ear all the time and she complains every single time that she flies. Um, and I, you know, I, I got tired of it. I'm like, why don't you just stop flying with ear? Oh, the fears are cheap. And it's like I just don't get people. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. I. I mean, maybe maybe you guys are listening and tell us why. <laughs> why would, why would you put yourself through the exact same stupidness every single time you get on a plane and then complain about it when you have a choice? I don't understand that. But, you know, good luck play air. But speaking of stupid dumb foolery. Um, <laughs> There's Good a, segue. There's a new airline in town,
1: <laughs> or is there?
0: <laughs> what have you got,
1: Krisho? Let's so, <laughs> this was a. We actually debated about that to include this. This was such a unique situation. Um, some of the <laughs> listeners may roll their eyes, but it was. It is definitely <laughs> unique. So, if you invert, wow the letters W-O-W, they spell surprise mom. (laughs) Well, a few weeks ago, a mom air um, website appeared that looked very suspiciously like the now defunct wow air. They had all the makings of a new airline. They had uh, destinations served, their mission statement, um, they also mentioned things like they were going to have rock-bottom fares, but they were going to charge for uh, seat assignments, in-flight Wi-Fi, cabin baggage, but also for toilet paper, soap, and life jackets. <laughs> Beyond that, they were going to offer, as they said, COVID flights for passengers testing positive or who have had the disease um, and those flights would be staffed by uh, cabin crew who had antibodies to the virus. So people in a similar situation. Moreover, they were going to give away two free tickets per flight. There was no payment due until two days before takeoff, day of departure. There was free cancellation and cheap standby seats. They also, in a nod to uh, equality, vowed to employ as many women as men and promised to, as they say, protect nature to the best of our ability by carbon offsetting using recycled material and going paperless. They went so far as to have a launch press conference on Facebook that was Watched by close to ten thousand people, and they got um, six thousand booking inquiries. Remember, they had no schedules on this website. They got six thousand booking inquiries, um, and everything seemed to be going and sounding like a regular, a, reg, a regular airline. Then two weeks into this experiment, it turns out that this actually was not a regular airline. <laughs> this was, if you can call it as such an art project by uh, someone by the name of Odur uh, Fjord... I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm massacring the name, Come but his name get, is... Get your Icelandic together. Uh, Icelandic, yes. <laughs> Rusty. His name is Odi. That's what he's been known as. And well, they, he they, is an artist.
0: They all had the last name with S-O-N, which means yeah. off. son of S O
1: Yes. Yeah. Well, um, he is an artist, and it turns out he used to design beer cans for wow air. I didn't even know there was such a thing, but apparently there is. So what he did um is he designed this project to as in his words show exactly how obscure our reality is just setting up a website and uh sending out press releases turned our world upside down Mm -hmm. his words uh they also said he also said you can just put up a front and tell people you have a company and people will start believing in it and interacting with it, yes. and it turns out he's absolutely right.
2: Yeah,
1: so yeah. I'm not sure how amused a lot of his uh, active <laughs> customers yeah. would be when they realize they've been duped, if you will. But, but, you but, know, but what though, is most surprising—sorry, uh-huh. let me just finish this Go train ahead, of thought—that even before um, Mom Air announced a schedule. This OD artist was approached by everyone from aircraft leasing companies, to airports offering slots, to marketing companies offering (laughs) their services. Um, And it just shows, it just proves his point. That um, people are, I, I hate to use this word, but it is true, are gullible. Yes, people are gullible. But it also shows that people really want to fly. And marketing um, experts, if you call them that, at other airlines have actually commended this and said, yes, a lot of his ideas were absurd, like charging for life vests, which is out and out illegal. But things like giving away free, two free seats per aircraft, because they re- reasoned, that um, most LCCs have a load factor in the mid-90s, so there are empty seats. But these two free seats that were given away on every flight, you would have to buy a return ticket. And with that return ticket, you were likely to uh, book extras. So there would be some revenue recapture. So it was not really... uh, a completely bizarre plan, and as they said, some of the aspects of this venture had legs, but For I still sure. can't get over that people were not furious.
0: It's BS, it's, it's complete BS, and all this stuff that, that you say, all these exactly. but same, you have to admit it was different, it was different, but it's stupid. and it's hard to be different. And, in this and what's even A&H. more stupid is that all these. Other people were saying, Oh yeah, there's some credibility to the idea. No, it's stupid and you fell for it and you should be ashamed of yourself for falling for it. And it just shows that people will buy anything, anything. And when you tell when you tell when you tell people that their reality is false, they don't want to hear it. And so that's why stupid things like these. Um, I, I wonder <laughs> I wonder how much money he made from selling tickets. <laughs> Dumbass
1: and, people. <laughs> no, he couldn't sell, right? Because they didn't have a schedule. He doesn't have a license to do it. But he, he was going to carry this out for, for, for a month. But within two weeks, um, he felt too stressed. And it, that's when he revealed that this was all, all part of his plan. And I actually went to momair.is. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it's all in Icelandic with no ability, at least... Uh, with my experience to translate it to English and it is still running and as he puts it the project is still active and he is collecting data till I'm satisfied and I can close it I don't exactly know what that means Google Analytics is picking up all the stuff that people are coming he seems from all an this. extremely colorful and interesting character yeah. people are people people
0: some people are stupid, Kusha. I mean, there's no other way to explain it. Why would you think an airline would sell you a, 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 um, a safety device? Open toilet paper. Yes. And then I don't know it just shows you that people will pay. They will complain about it, but they will pay for it. Right? And all they're looking yes. for is cheap here. It goes back to, you know, we, we didn't have the, the 737 Max uh, lined up or the 737-7-8-9, or whatever they're calling it these days. But it's flying. It's going to be flying again. Uh, yes. It's approved by the by the US FAA. So it's it's going to be flying again. And, and um, pretty soon. Pretty soon, like in know, early in December, so. if
1: Americans.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so um, one of the questions um, Peter Greenberg had a show on, and people are asking him about it. And um, would you fly the Was he again? Uh, Peter Greenberg is like he's like the the U.S. aviation guy. Okay.
2: Um,
0: so he used to have a show on CBS, and I think he, huh. has, a, he has a show on CBS. He's a radio show now, and um, he huh. has been in aviation as long as I've been in aviation. Uh, I've huh. just been working for an airline, and he's been a news guy, but really, really good guy. Um, very, uh, very knowledgeable about aviation. Huh. Um, so he came on and he is, he has a now because he can't travel as much as he used to. He has a, a show from his house. So he did a Facebook Live and he was talking about okay. the, the Max. And he says, Well, you know, we, we can fly the Max again. Um, and somebody asked me, Would I fly the Max? I'm like, Yes. And because the average person, the safest plane out there, it's going to be the safest plane out there. Exactly. And people don't buy, like, people would fly Mom Air if it had a Max. Because they don't know what the plane is. They just know that it's cheap. And they don't even they don't even, obviously they don't even care that they have to pay for toilet paper or, <laughs> or pay for um or pay for a life jacket. They will fly anyway. Isn't that
1: stupid how people do stuff? And he actually built on I don't know if you remember a few years ago, Ryanair, CEO uh, O'Leary, he jokingly mentioned that um, he was planning to start charging for toilet use on board Ryanair aircraft,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: of course, people got all upset and started shouting and screaming and <laughs> until they made, they figured out that he was joking.
0: Well, look at those. Built on that, yeah. But think about how stupid our industry is though. Um, people, the manufacturers went into the model of a stand up seat on a plane, like and yeah. airlines were actually considering using it. I'm like, why would you do that? And the problem is that our industry, people, as consumers, we need to vote with our dollars. When airlines do stupid stuff, we need to go, we're not standing for that, but we don't. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's, yeah, people are stupid. <laughs> Some people. And, uh, and kudos to this guy but, for showing how silly we yes. are at
1: times. Yes. Yeah. I'm yeah. wondering uh, if he's getting death threats. Um, Always well, yes. being cussed out online,
0: probably. But he hasn't sold anything, right? I mean, he, he hasn't sold anything. Right? He but He's really
1: made sold. a lot of people look very foolish,
0: though. Uh huh. Well, it just shows uh, you that people don't really research. Yeah. So it's like, in, you know, it it happens all the time, Kishore. Whenever somebody says says something, and it, it's gone viral, the people who are on the other side were telling you, "Dude, that doesn't make any sense." There are. 20 things in that that doesn't make any sense and people oh yeah but 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 it but it's cool it's like no it's not it's stupid and so eventually when this guy comes out and says, well this is dumb they're like oh crap i guess i i guess i got duped." but yeah because you weren't paying attention your heart was telling you no and your mind was like yes
1: (laughs) oh my god but there you have it it's a a very interesting and unique topic
0: that's a good fun story a very very good fun story All right, so let's go into Lufthansa. What
1: are they doing now?
0: I mean- uh,
1: This is something actually that took me by surprise. Yeah? Because um, Lufthansa, at least in my mind, always had this premium feel. um, And it turns out that um, COVID will make you do strange things. Well, not strange things, but unexpected things. (laughs) What they've done as a group, um, is that they have decided that they are starting to charge for onboard meals. I mean, it's a lot of other European carriers already do it, but none with the stature of the Lufthansa group. Right. So I love the way they put it again. This is marketing at its best. Um, our current snack offer in economy class does not always meet the expectation of our guests which is sort of a self, self-damning um, decision. So your food sucked before? <laughs> is that what you're trying to tell us? <laughs> so what Lufthansa, is going to, Lufthansa Group is going to do is introduce a new range of food and drinks for sale on short and medium-haul flights. John. Now they haven't specified what medium-haul is, well, but Austrian is going country. to start first Followed by Swiss and uh, then Lufthansa, and uh, Lufthansa and Swiss will, however, still provide complimentary bottles of water.
0: Was so, was, was Swiss? Do I have to pay for my Swiss
1: chocolate? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I, so.
0: I, yes. No, uh, just feel like oh, uh, because they offer that on all flights. I know, right? I'm sorry, Mr. McKenzie. It's one euro for you. <laughs> uh, you know, so, it, it cheapens the brand, Kusher. Sure. I know they have to make money, but it cheapens the brand. Because now there's no yeah, competition between... You know, again, and do people brand. care? Do um, people care? The people who... I, they, the millennials don't care. And the Gen X... Yeah, yeah you're right. Um, but which I guess, you know, apparently they have all the money, it seems. Yeah. Um, but the older people care. And it's only because it cheapens the brand. Like I fly Lufthansa because I don't want to fly Ryanair. That's why I fly Lufthansa, right? Um, you know, I, as a scoot does the same thing, right? Scoot, <laughs> Yeah. you have to buy your food on board. You can't even bring food on board.
1: So what is now the difference between Eurowings wings and Lufthansa? Well, Mainline right. Lufthansa exactly there's no difference except the colors <laughs> and maybe the bags yeah it's so at
0: some point you have to but I, I guess the u.s carriers are doing the same thing right? that's right
1: that's right uh, no one bats an eyelid
0: well they're bought an eyelid but when you're hungry you just eat whatever they give you yes. I, and to say that your food sucks in a nice marketing way maybe maybe we missed the translation you to admit German. that
2: Maybe,
1: maybe so maybe so yes. yeah we might have but this translation
0: was... from german to english <laughs> we, we'll, we'll give them that credit <laughs> uh, oh my yeah i um, think sharing the brand down uh, although uh british air is charged of food i want i want to say yes and i, I want to I, say yes but, but i'm not 100 and klm France doesn't klm doesn't but yeah. i know IBM does yeah but iberia is kind of weird airline <laughs> so it, it's like it it just makes the it's like what's the point of flying anymore right i mean it's it's not it, it's tra- it's transportation hmm. yeah, there's no commodity could, it's a commodity commodity now it doesn't matter who i fly i'm just going to get the cheapest price and i'm done because even with all this COVID stuff going on, they, um, the loyalty programs, at least they've given you, they've kept your status. So you haven't lost your status because mm-hmm. you haven't been flying. So that's good. Um, but so. yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. They need to figure out a better way. And you know what? They're probably going to do this anyway. And they're like, oh, COVID. <laughs> Let's just blame it on COVID. Uh, um, all right. I'm not happy about that. Um, All right, what? Um, So what a lot of um, countries are doing is trying to create what they call bubbles between the two countries. And so what it does, it makes it safe for people to fly between those two countries because both countries have locked down. And so if they only allow people to go between those two countries, then it's safer. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the well, a pair of those countries is was supposed to be Hong Kong and Singapore.
1: And uh, it was supposed to start yesterday, actually. Yeah. What happened? Seconds. Okay. And this was actually uh, the first of these um, uh, air traffic bubbles between countries to try and resuscitate the air travel industry around the world. Mm-hmm. In that, it would offer um, quarantine-free. No travel restrictions, um, no restricted itinerary, and or stay-at-home requirement between Hong Kong and Singapore, based on certain conditions that you had not traveled 14 days prior prior to travel between these two city countries, country cities, and um, you had to have a COVID test prior to departure. So flights were, listed, were uh, restricted to one a day between the countries with only 200 passengers on each flight. So that would be one flight into Hong Kong, one flight into Singapore a day. Um, and this was going to be extended until, um, until well, it was going to be continued and then eventually increased two a day. Into mm-hmm. Well, barely 24 hours before it was supposed to start, Hong Kong had a rash of shooting, of um, had a rash of cases. Okay. One of the conditions for this air traffic bubble that was well publicized was that the two countries retained the right to postpone or halt the experiment uh, based on the uh, incidences of infection. And what it was that if they could, if they reached more than five untraceable infections on a rolling seven-day average of infections, they would shut that, to shut okay. things down temporarily. Well, on Saturday, one day before the bubble was supposed to start, Hong Kong overshot that with 34 cases, mm. which works out to about 527 Untraceable incidents. So, based on that, they um, ha- they held off on implementing this air travel bubble for two weeks. Makes sense. But midway through this per- interim period, they're going to reassess the situation and decide what to do next. Okay, that makes sense. But um, Cathy Pacific, in fact, just today announced that they had so- they have sold out all their flights for the next several weeks. So clearly there is demand.
0: Oh, dude, we know there is demand. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's no demand. Wow. Um, So so, so who was going to fly? So what, Cathay would do one flight one day and then Singapore the next day? Is that how it was going to work?
1: I would imagine that they would do it um, on a nightly basis. You know, so then they would... um, so they wouldn't have the aircraft sitting on the ground for too long but i don't know that for a fact
2: hmm.
0: well it's weird because if, it, if it's one flight uh, i guess it's one round trip a day which would make yes sense.
2: yes
1: yeah okay um hmm. so could be seen if they can um um restart this yeah
0: that's a bummer that they haven't um, but um, that, that hong
1: kong uh, until fairly recently, had recorded 108 deaths, and Singapore had recorded 28 deaths. Yeah, huh. Hong Kong was clearly the busier city. Yeah, and, and I know no that,
0: surprise. I know that Singapore is trying to do that with um, Vietnam as well, right? Because Josh mentioned that
1: when he was on. I, I believe so. Yes. 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 Yeah. And also with Australia eventually. Yeah. And this story was. Very highly publicized. It gave us on CNN, actually, and then oh, yeah. also in, of course, the South China Morning Post, which is the Hong Kong newspaper. That makes that makes a lot of sense.
0: We can't we can't so, cut a break, can we? <laughs> we really? just can't cut a break. Oh uh, well, you know. Um, um, hopefully, the vaccine will 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 help once it gets here. Yeah, but that's and not
1: coming. It's for... going to be a
0: while, and people will actually take it. But in the meantime. Can people just take it a little more seriously than, you know, even if you don't think it's real, just
1: And help not us. be so entitled.
0: Yes, help us. Help us to, want. you know, to get people back to work or something. God. Um, all right. <laughs> um, we have quite a bit of um, flights to nowhere because it's a thing now, right? Um, but <laughs> here's a flight to nowhere with a slightly different twist.
1: (laughs) What you got, Kusha? Again, I thought this was very, very interesting. So this is Eva Air. Again, Taiwan. Taiwan has taken the lead on on these flights to nowhere. They started it and they continue to innovate. So this was... Uh, uh, uh,
0: Hold on one sec, Kushe. The the clock is still chiming in the background.
1: Okay, I think it's done for the next 15 minutes.
0: Okay, sorry about that. Go ahead, Krishna.
1: (laughs) So this was speed dating going nowhere on Eva Air. So Eva has launched this um, new, actually three new flights to nowhere on Christmas day, New Year's Eve and New Year's day in 2020 and 2021. Uh, by partnering with this company called Mobius, which okay. is a travel experience firm, and this program is called Fly Love Is in the Air, which is a little trite, but it it's to the point. It works. Um, it's only for sig- singles. Uh, they have to be Taiwanese mm-hmm. citizens, and you have to be. Uh, Between 28 and 38, if you're a man, a Taiwanese man, and between 24 and 35, if you're a Taiwanese woman, and you have to have a university degree um, in order to be eligible. Uh, well, As one usual, of, they were swamped.
0: One out of three is not so, bad, Khrushchev, for
1: us. <laughs> yeah. But can you imagine this happening in, in a country like the U.S.? Hell no. I can't. <laughs> so You had to be selected for the, for these flights. So 20 men and 20 women uh-huh. would be selected at random and seated accordingly, at random. But you had the option of getting up and changing your seat on board. If you didn't like the press you to the next (laughs) day. Yes. And this would fly around um, the west coast of Taiwan at night and the east coast during the day. I'm not exactly sure why, but clearly there was some sort of reason. Yeah, probably culture. So it also included for the Christmas Day flight, a post-flight afternoon tea for about two hours. Uh, For New Year's Eve, there was a pre-flight candlelit dinner on the ground. And for New Year's Day, there was a breakfast afterwards on the ground. And you would be served uh, snacks by the obligatory celebrity chef on board. And as I said, it was only open to uh, 20 men and 20 women. Is it so is it done? Is sold out. You know, they didn't specify that, but they said the demand was significant. Yeah, which made <laughs> so. Other than that, this was in travel and leisure. Lots of lonely people out there, because sure. <laughs> yes, but what a great idea! It's a brilliant idea. <laughs> what a great idea! I would expect someone so, like KLM to come up with something like that. <laughs> but they got a lot of backlash for this. Why? Uh, for being so specific, and uh, but of course, people will complain about everything. Yes, they would. And. This program about speed dating is called you and me from this company called Mobius.
2: <laughs> and they have
1: actually organized dating events on the ground based on all these different age criteria. Uh, so, something that so they, they did to... a bunch of research before announcing this venture. Okay, And like they that. also said that based on their research, sorry, males preferred younger women Big surprise there. Yeah, we know that. While female participants wanted older men. That's a little surprising to me, but what do
0: I know? Uh, it, might be, it might be a cultural thing. So Maybe. So, maybe. Okay, so the LGBTQA plus people are going to be saying what the that's right. going on now, right? That's true.
1: <laughs> you know that's coming, right? I know. Taiwan has legalized sex marriage now.
0: I know, right? You know it's, that's coming. That's funny. So does this mean that they have to have like a, a gay version of this?
1: <laughs> no idea. But I thought 20 couples is a little too too small, right? For them to make money. Oh, by the way, the fare, is, the cost is 295 US dollars per person. Oh, wow, okay. And remember, you are not guaranteed a seat. You have to first apply. Yeah,
0: so maybe they're using an A320 or something like that. still <laughs> I should...
1: <laughs> I thought they would go at least 30. I, I know, right? Well, yeah.
0: I mean leave it up to, whatever. Us to leave it up to us to think of
1: what the aircraft type is going to be, because that's what <laughs> <important> hard. <part. laughs> I really hope people follow up on this and tell us how it went. Yeah, yeah. If this just... is going to be like the bachelor, the bachelorette. <laughs> but, you know, it's a great but idea. But in the air.
0: What it a, a great idea. It's a what brilliant a idea, very, very brilliant idea. Oh my God, yes. that's funny. Uh, all right, we got two more stories. Um, uh, I think we we talked about, um, I guess when we, when we had Josh on, we talked about Asia and, and Korean mm-hmm. uh, coming together, uh, which is still, with, there's still details and stuff like that to come on. So, what have you? This found I out thought about was that?
1: the biggest news of the week, at least in my estimation. Oh, it's huge! Yeah. So, what is it? What it is is that Korean Airlines is actually taking over Asiana. Asiana has been struggling to rid itself of the debt, and um, ultimately, Korean has bought about a sixty-four percent stake in Asiana and as well as the uh, LCCs that operate as Asiana subsidiaries, which is Air Busan and Air Seoul. Yeah. Now, what was surprising to me is that they are actually not going to liquidate Asiana. They are going to keep it as two separate airlines, Um, but what makes sense now is that they're going to merge Jin Air, which is the Korean, sub- Korean Air subsidiary, the LCC version, with Air Busan and Air Seoul into one carrier, which makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. They haven't really specified what name to give it, but um, this is going to happen in 2021, but it still has to be approved by South Korea's um, immune, antitrust immunity. Right. <laughs> they really don't expect a, bo- uh, a a negative outcome because um, Hanjin um, KAL, which is the major investor in Korean airlines, um, agreed to this and actually invested in the deal. I think the big winner here is Delta Airlines because they have a 10% investment in Hanjin. So now they have um, Korean Asiana as the 10th largest airline in the world combined but there's no news about what Star Alliance is going to do. It seems very unlikely that Asiana will remain in Star. Yeah, that, that as could it work. is. Uh, so this sort of puts a spanner in the works for um, United, especially because I know they were partnering with Asiana for a lot of things. They do, they do. But um, I was wondering when I first heard this: Is this the first domino to fall in the big he- airline stakes?
0: It probably is. But, but you know, um, so, United can still partner with uh, Asiana because there's something in the Star Alliance thing that says if you have an existing partnership, you can keep it. Um, and and if, if you look at their partnership of like the airlines, uh, you can hmm. see that some of them is like, why are you partner with this airline? And it's because it was a partnership that they already had, which is a pre, pre, it's like a pre-existing condition.
1: Yeah. They have a very common fleet, except for their latest aircraft acquisitions, because Korean Air has opted for the 787. but mm-hmm. uh, Asiana has opted for the A350. Otherwise, they have the 380, the 777, um, and they have a very common fleet. Yeah. Asiana has about, uh, I believe, 68 aircraft. And as I said, the combined uh, airline, if you can call it that, would be the 10th largest in the world. That would be interesting. I thought this was huge news. It, and, and they're keeping so, the brands, right? They're, they're keeping the brands. But right. what Korean has been doing is uh, they've been, they're also in trouble, by the way, because they've extended their unpaid leave extensions and they have plans to sell their property in uh, Los Angeles, in central Los Angeles. And they also sold their in-flight mail meal and uh, duty-free sales division for about a billion US dollars. So both these airlines are sort of hobbling along. Yeah. They, decide, they decided that combining would be the best strategy for both to survive. Well, that's
0: good. And it's probably the best strategy for the country as well, right? I mean, they're, they're really thinking yeah. about...
1: Because uh, as you pointed out, uh, people who prefer Asiana over Korean Air and vice versa do so with, for a reason. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So if you kill so, if you kill one brand, yeah. you're not going to get those passengers. They're just going to go to the yeah. Because they don't like you in the first place and they won't fly you.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so... Well, that's, int- yeah, and you know, that's going to happen too. I mean, I'm, the, the US, we're going to have to consolidate at some point because we have way too many airlines at, and, oh, and we still have, is it Breeze or whatever Nealman is going to call it now? It's still waiting in the wings, right? Next year,
1: uh, next year, 2021,
0: yeah. yes. So um, they're just too, I mean, when when Southwest starts to ache, you know the industry is not mm-hmm. doing well, right? Because they're normally mm-hmm. the, the darling of the industry.
1: They said um, the ship is taking on water.
0: Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're going to see that. Uh, I mean, Lufthansa is selling meals, dude. <laughs> who who would have thought that would have happened? So does that mean I have to um, pay for my beer? Uh, although I haven't drank a beer in like months, but I have to pay for- Lufthansa, beer? yes. Lufthansa? That's,
1: most definitely. Mm-hmm.
0: My work was it Worsheimer? Wor- whatever that wheat beer. Ugh. Yes, I remember you. Uh, dude, Kosher, that's not good.
2: Regular enough. choice.
0: Yeah, you know, I haven't had a beer in ages, so that's probably not going to happen. We'll see. Um, all right, we're going to end on a really positive note.
1: Um, and I think we're, we're almost done at about an uh, hour. Yeah. Which is not actually too bad.
0: Yes, that's not too bad. So. Um, we've had. Uh, there's been so much going on, and we tend to forget that airlines are old. <laughs> and Because BA just had a birthday. Was it this year or last year? Last year.
2: Yeah, I think it was last. last year.
0: So BA had a birthday last year, and KLM had a birthday last year. Um, but the oldest airline is having a birthday again this year. Of course, they happen every year, right? And I
2: think, I think yeah. they're
0: the oldest airline, right? Um, I believe KLM is. Uh, so is KLM 101 oldest. this year then? Yes, yes. That's right, that's right. Oh, because there there's yeah. a big controversy over, is KLM older than British Airways? And then British yeah. Airways did something because they were BOAC before. And yeah. With the original
1: um, name. Yeah, so yeah. Qantas is the second um, airline in the world to celebrate its 100th anniversary with its original name. Of course, the other one being KLM marketing is so weird right
0: because because it we had to say original name because ba is not the original name
1: although right. they're the oldest quote-unquote okay carry on yeah <laughs> so um, on November, November 16th they were formed in 1920 they were privatized finally in 1990 um and uh, so what they did to celebrate is they Um, operated a 789 with 100 passengers and uh, employees and frequent flyers for 100 minutes over Sydney. They flew very low over the Sydney Harbour Bridge, uh, which was uh, lit up with fireworks and things like that. And they also flew over uh, Rose Bay, which is in the eastern part of the Sydney Harbour, sort of near... um, outlet to the Pacific, the Gap, I believe they call it, uh, because that's where um, Empire Flying Boats, which was a uh, subsidiary the of Qantas, started flying to Singapore um, by sea um, in 1930, between 1938 and 1942. Um, Qantas has the additional distinction of never having a jet aircraft accident since it was formed, even though they did have uh, uh, prop issues between 1927 and 1945, when obviously there were no jet yeah. crafts in service. They got close though with the A380. Yes, they did in Singapore.
0: Yeah. Yes. Wow. But
1: I just thought that was a good note to end on.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And I love Qantas, so, I mean, I've always had really good service with them, both in yeah. you know, domestic Australia and international. Um, through the A three hundred and eighty, maybe once across the Atlantic, and the seven hundred and forty-seven long reach, <laughs> which is no more. <laughs> yeah. Um, so no, well, happy birthday, Qantas. Um We're we're like a week late, but happy birthday anyway.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: it's a it's a it's a it's a COVID birthday. Um, I know a lot was ninety. Last year, I think, is what what Lot was. Um, There are
1: a lot of old airlines still flying, actually.
0: There are. So which is the oldest U.S. one with the same, well, it's kind of hard to say. I couldn't do you. I don't know. I know United was 75 at one point, but that was maybe 10 years ago.
1: Yeah. Um, But United was formed by, by Boeing.
0: Yeah. And 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 then it's weird because you have all the US airlines that have been gobbled up they keep gobbling up each yeah, other.
1: Because Continental comes from the team what? Thirties, I believe. You should know this. It might be the twenties. or oh, remember the twenties or thirties. Yeah. It was
0: Texas, Texas Air, I oh. think. We need to have Tom on because Tom has all this stuff in, this. in his head. Uh, yes. all right, we're gonna get in touch with him for sure. Tom is a is a mutual friend of ours. Um the the guys were working for airlines. Um, forever, it seems. And so he recently retired and um, he's moved out somewhere in the US now. And so we need to get Tom on because Tom Tom is like a walk in library.
1: <laughs> yes, he'd have very interesting stories to tell.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. So I think that's the last one we had. Yes. Oh, and and, and of course, we have, we have to tell everyone what, what Qantas means.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Is it Queensland Northern Territory? area service, air air services and so that's how that's how come there's no U in Qantas because <laughs> people ask how come there's no U in Qantas no there isn't and it's always funny when you see all the dumb news news media and they put a U in there and i like, U yeah uh, yes. yes it's like when you say Delta Airlines Airlines is two words not one for Delta It's one word for American Airlines and United Airlines, but for Delta, it's two. Delta Airspace. There's also the capitalization
1: for JetBlue.
0: Yes. It's reverse. Yes. It's like, come on, people. Look at the marketing when you talk about airlines. But um, Uh all right. So that's all we have for today. And uh, thank you guys for uh, listening to us today. Uh, Don't forget to listen to us on Stitcher, on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, on Amazon uh, Podcasts. Just search for What's That Name Traveler, search for Kerwin, uh, and uh, you'll be able to find us. Um, We appreciate it. Uh, Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Um, Please, you know, observe whatever guidelines that are out there. Uh, We want you to continue to be listened to us. So this is Kerwin and my buddy, Kerwin. And we are signing off. Thank you for another, uh, from another episode of What's Happening in Travel.